Welcome back to another Youth-Centered Podcast. This is our 12th one of 2019, and I want to reiterate, I want to thank everybody for the great feedback we're getting on uh, all of the uh, podcasts we're doing. Uh, this has been a busy week for us. Uh, in a total of seven days, this is the first time we've done three podcasts. So hopefully people are getting caught up, and uh, thank you for all of the great ideas we're getting in terms of where we should be going with the podcast. Today, I'm very excited to uh, have a special guest, um, someone that's somewhat new to our town, um, also my direct boss, so you'll see I'll be very nice in this podcast, Um, Denise Casey. Denise Casey is our assistant town manager um, that's been with us since um, November, and you're going to hear from her in a couple seconds. She'll give a little bit of a bio of her as she's getting to know our community. Uh, today's uh, topic matter is we're, we're really taking a look at um, preparing our kids and uh, helping our parents prepare their kids um, for maybe in doing some interviewing, some job applications, and uh, we have our amazing uh, job fair that will be taking place in a couple of weeks. So we thought this was a perfect time to talk a little bit about this subject. We're hoping some of this information that Dee can talk about today, and she's an expert in this area, um, can help people as they prepare for not just the job fair, but you know it's the time of year that everybody's starting to look at summer jobs, and we want to help our community kids uh, as best we can. So uh, without further ado, uh, Dee, how about introducing yourself to the people in North Andover that don't necessarily know you yet? Thanks, Rick. I'm really happy to be here. So my name is Denise Casey. I go by Dee. Um, I am a 20-plus year municipal professional. I've done most of my career in human resources. Most recently, I was the assistant town manager in Wilmington, and I came here to North Andover in November, and I am thrilled to be here. I am the division director of all the community services divisions, which includes the youth and rec department, and I'm just thrilled to work with Rick and his staff with this great department that he has here. Yes, so let's get started. Um, you know, D comes from a real strength in terms of uh, HR has been a big part of her life. Obviously, now she's the assistant town manager. But D, well, first thing I want to let you do is we're going to do a little bit different with the podcast in terms of Dee's going to be doing a little more of a presentation. So we'll call this more of a training podcast for our kids. Where would you like to start in terms of the whole process of teens navigating their way through this whole job application hunt? So let's start with the application and the resume. And this is really, I can't stress enough, as someone who has read thousands of applications and resumes over 20 years, this is really your first opportunity to put out your best impression to the employer. So when you're given an application to complete, don't skip any questions. If you don't have an answer to a question, then just say so. Don't make things up please, because it will be found out at some point in time. Don't stretch the truth. And even for younger people who say, well, why do I need to fill out an application or a resume? I don't have any professional experience. Well, if you've volunteered, if you're in any peer groups, sports, clubs, those are things that you really should start putting down and including on your resume. So for resume mechanics, most word processing programs like Word and Google have kind of standard stock resumes that they have but most resumes obviously include your contact information and an objective and the objective is something that you really want to personalize and customize to the employer so for example when i was applying here my objective 
was to use my professional experience in education to obtain an assistant town manager position in a progressive municipal government such as the town of North Andover. So it's specific to what my intent is and it addresses the position that I'm applying for. For people that have been in the professional world, the next section is usually experience. But for younger people, I say put education next. So put where you're going to school, what your grade point average is, what some of your classes are, and what some of your interests are. So for example, after education, you could put something like computer literacy. So what are the computer programs that you are literate in? And then what are, your, what are the associations? Are you a basketball player? Are you a Girl Scout? Are you a Boy Scout? Those are all things that really, really matter. And so when you're devising your resume, I would recommend if you have some experience or if you've had a previous position, you know, you want to list that. And then list your education and your computer literacy, any awards that you've been given, if you've been on the honor roll, if you've been uh, you know, considered a captain, if you've been voted a captain by your peers. For someone like me who is reading this who doesn't know you, that's all putting pieces of the puzzle together so that I can see what kind of a person and what kind of an individual that is submitting the application. Let me ask you something, Dee, because uh, I've had a few kids come in, and, and uh, this is kind of timely for us, too, because we have just passed the deadline for our summer applications uh, for our summer employment here at the Youth Center, and kids have brought the things in. And I've had a couple kids say to me, like, I don't want to sound conceited, or I want to say that I, you know, I'm in the National Honor Society, that I've gotten all these awards. Am I hearing you correct that you should be putting those things down? Don't worry about, you know, how, if you think you're being cocky or anything, but these are things, awards that you've won that you should be putting on that. Rick, absolutely. So I, I always tell people, and I just had this recent conversation with my son, while it feels to you like it might be conceited, you might be bragging, boasting, whatever, to me, that's critical information that I need to know about the person that I'm looking at for this position. Because there is a big difference between someone who's been a captain, has good grades, volunteers, than someone who has absolutely nothing on their application. So yes, I encourage everyone to put everything down. I listed in my resume that I submitted to Andrew Mailer all of my professional awards. And when I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, this does sound conceited. But those are things that I achieved and earned. And so they really do belong on your resume. And I tell people it's never too early to start because even sixth, seventh, eighth graders, you've already started to do things that are building your resume, any awards that you've received, volunteer groups that you have belonged to. All of that is really something that lets an employer like me know what you've been doing. Great. So you do your resume, have someone proofread it. So again, this is your opening volley per se. So if, when I'm reading resumes and applications, if I do get one that it has repeated mistakes in it, that leads me to believe this person really didn't take the time to proofread their information. And if they didn't take the time now, you know, what kind of employee are they going to be? Are they going to pay attention to detail? So I always encourage people to have someone else, a family member, a teacher, or a friend who's good in English, read your resume and your application because bad spelling and grammar will count against you. And the next thing I encourage, you know, younger people to do is a cover letter. 
So a cover letter, it doesn't have to be a lengthy cover letter. My cover letter to Andrew Mailer was one page, one page only, and I have 20 plus years of experience, but you wanna customize it for the position. So for example, if you're going for a position that calls for retail experience, then say what you've done in your past that could be considered similar to that. Did you work at a snack bar? Did you sell Girl Scout cookies, etc.? That all is relevant to a retail position. It's interesting. Uh, we've received, uh, you know, every year a couple hundred applications, and it's tough because we may maybe only hiring forty to fifty new spots this year. So I look for some of those things, and uh, you know, quite frankly, the majority of our teenagers fill out the application as is, uh, two pages, uh, and we're going to get into a, a little bit more of some of the areas that I, I see kids having a bit of an issue with, but. Um, of the couple hundred we've gotten this year, I, I probably think there's a handful that had a cover letter. I loved it because the cover letter, to your point, actually told me why they wanted the job more. Uh, one girl was uh, actually explained all of her babysitting experience, why she likes kids. Uh, another kid was quick to point out some of his certif certifications. Uh, first aid training, huge for me. We, we're looking for kids that are certified on that. So um, I, I like you kind of ramming home here a little bit that you know that cover letter can actually tell you even a little bit more than that application. Absolutely, Rick. I couldn't agree more. And again, even young people have experience. They've experienced things. And that's important for someone like you and like myself who read hundreds of these to kind of differentiate, you know, who has taken the time and who really wants the position versus someone who can go online and in five minutes fill out the application. In, in the same breath. And this is I don't want to say this is a big problem, but um, I, I think parents are so concerned at times of their kids doing it correctly that I have to be honest with you. I question whether mom wrote the application or the kid wrote the application, all the way down to uh, even some of the writing on it. Um, but even some of the, and I think that I don't think there's any criminal matter here. I think what they're trying to do is maybe help their kid. But you know, I encourage, and I think you would support me on this. Is I'd like to see the the kids' answers on this. Mm -hmm. And to your point, though, mom and dad should be helping with the proofreading of that, not actually helping with the actual writing of the application. I agree, because it's the child or, you know, the teen that's going to be doing the job, not the parents. So you want to know who the teen is and not who their parents think they are. I agree completely. So also you want to do your homework on your employer. So you want to be able to speak to something about the employer that shows you did some legwork. So for example, if you're going to apply to a landscape company, chances are they have a website, go to their website, go to someone who you might know might use that service. And that just shows that you've done a little bit of your homework and that you're really serious about the position that you're going for. And I always encourage teens and, and even older adults to follow up with an email after you submit your application. Now, I say that, you know, don't be a pest. You know, thank them for the opportunity to apply. Send a short email. But again, don't be a pest. And please don't have your parents call the employer. That is a major turnoff for me. So when I get a, you know, an application from a, a, a young adult whose parents then call or email me. Um, it's your job. You're the one going for the job. So I would really strongly encourage for you to be the one to follow up. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's that's a really good point. I mean, I've had to, in hiring a lot of young people, sometimes, you know, the parents will call, and I, you know, I politely say, you know, thanks for the call, but I'd like to hear from your son or your daughter, and um, I think we've really brought that across the board on that, uh, in terms of that. Let me ask you something on the application. Something that's troubling me, and maybe, maybe I shouldn't be troubled by this, um, I, I'm looking at about five or six this year, written in pencil. I mean, I, I personally have a problem with that. What's your take on that? Yeah, so, <clears throat> excuse me, that's one of my um, pet peeves, is especially for younger kids today who have so much more technological savvy than, than I do, of course. You, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, you want to type it. You want to, you can download it, you can take it from a PDF and make it a Word doc, but writing it is difficult because people like me have to read it, and if it's not legible, I'm not going to give that application consideration. So you want to have it typed and you want to have it neat so that the employer can definitely see, you know, what you've written down on the paper. And if it's not legible, you know, that might be something that disqualifies a good candidate for a position just simply because you can't read the application. So Rick talked about job fairs and that's next on my list. So I encourage young people to attend as many job fairs as you can. So you want to talk to the employers and you want to ask questions. So some of the questions that I've, I've, you know, counseled younger people and I have a 17 year old, so I'm in this world right now. You know, what are you looking for employer in your candidates? You know, what college majors do you frequently hire in your industry? Is there any extracurricular activity that you like to see kids involved with? Is it drama, chess, math, sports? You know, what are they looking for? It's important because you want to show the employers that you've done some thought and you've really put some time and you care about your future and making decisions that put you in the best position to be employed. And the good thing about job fairs is there's many in our area for our young people. Uh, we obviously have ours coming up in a couple of weeks. Demi and the Youth Council do an amazing job putting this on. Uh, but our collaboration with the Lawrence Boys and Girls Club, they put on a job fair and invite all of our kids. Uh, our good friend Bill Fay over at Andover Youth Services does the same thing, and we're, we're trying to connect with people of le letting kids at least know there are a number of fairs out there. And a number of the high schools actually do, just like they do a college fair, they do also a job fair. So you should be out there looking for that stuff. Absolutely. And the other thing on the resume and the application is I want to see detail. So what I mean by that is it's important to include the scope of your work history and resumes. For example, if you were a camp counselor, I see applications and resumes where they say, I was a camp counselor. Okay, that shows me that you're a camp counselor, but did you have one kid in your group or 15? There's a big difference in the level of responsibility. Did you babysit for one child or did you babysit for five? I know when I was a kid, I had a family of five boys. And let me tell you, that was challenging, but it showed a level of responsibility more than if I had just babysat one child. If you were one of six staff who worked at an ice cream stand that averaged a thousand customers on a hot summer night, put that down. 
If you are a lifeguard for a busy indoor water park or one of 10 lifeguards on a quiet beach. So there's a big difference between those different scenarios. So really the attention to detail and putting in the detail helps someone like me determine what level of responsibility, even as a young person, that you've had. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking for that in our job applications, to your point, and I was going to touch on a question which you've kind of answered in terms of attention to detail, but we will have a, a number of kids, and we and our and again, our job application is not the toughest job application in the world. Two pages, a lot of numb questions, a number of questions, and you know we'll ask you know something, and the kid will answer. Um, I really want the job because I like kids, and I have to be honest with you, that's what we are. We're working with kids, so I would expect you to. I need more than that. I need you uh, to spend a little more time. And to the point of your intention to detail. We're really looking for people. I mean, we put three or four lines under each uh, question because we're looking for more than three words. So to your point, attention to detail is very important. I couldn't agree more. So you're fortunate enough to get an interview. So here I'm going to launch into my uh, perspective on interviewing. So whether you're 15 or 50. So these are my, this is my advice for interviews. So number one, be on time. Being punctual is paramount. I always tell people budget ample time plus 15 minutes. So you can always sit in the lobby or sit in your car, but you can't turn back time if you're late. So if you can't make the interview on time, you, you send the message to your employer that you're not going to be to work on time. Because again, this is your first experience with this employer and their first experience with you. So you want to make it a good one. My second huge piece of advice for anyone is to dress appropriately. Now, it's, it's a job interview, not a casual Saturday. Um, and to me, it's not the value of the clothing, it's how it's put together. So I'm not expecting somebody to walk in with an Armani suit on, but I want someone that looks put together because that's going to win the day. Ladies, I, I suggest conservative wear. Again, everyone, nothing too short, too tight, or too saggy. That's always the advice that I've given people. I give that to my son because really you want to look professional and you want to look like you're taking the job seriously. It's interesting. We talked off air on this and I want to throw it out. Two years ago um, at the um, job fair, we had a scenario take place in a matter of two minutes. And we, uh, the first, I was at the front desk uh, full of pride of what Demi was pulling off and stuff. And I saw a kid show up with a, a full suit, like you said. Not sure it was an Armani, but it was a very nice suit. Kid looked terrific. And he, he, he had a package of resumes. And I had never seen the kid before. Um, obviously, North End of Resumes just had not seen him here at the youth center. And, you know, the way he presented. And then followed him was two kids that came in um, and they would, you know, talk about the saggy clothes and stuff. They did not look great. And I was not going to criticize them there. Um, I did tell them to put the McDonald's hamburger away that they were munching on as they were heading in here. But to me, as an employer myself, I looked at both of those. And I, again, I don't think the kids need to wear a full suit to the job fair, but it, that kid looked great. But you need to have attention to detail on how you look because... I want to hire. I want to hire kids that present well, and this is a big test. And so, if you're walking in and you're not really dressed appropriately, I, I can't see that being a plus for you. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And again, in your interview, you want to be yourself. So you want to show the interviewer who you are. So don't try to be something you're not. If you're shy, don't try to fake an outgoing persona. 
if you're outgoing like me, you got to let it show because the interviewer wants to know who you're going to be every day on the job. Another thing that I recommend is eye contact and decorum. So you want to, you know, look the interviewer in the eye, you know, try not to interrupt them, let the interview flow, listen to the questions that are being asked. And I find sometimes that people will start formulating a response before I'm done asking my question. And then the answer that they give me is actually not the right answer because they haven't paused to think about your response. So when you're in an interview and you have to maybe think about the answer, don't be afraid of silence. If you need to think about something, say to the interviewer, that's a good question. I'm, I'm thinking of my answer. Again, answer the questions that are being asked. And if you don't have an answer, don't make one up. I'm a big believer in mock interviews. So especially if it's your first time interviewing, ask a friend, a parent, a teacher to give you a mock interview. And so one of the... Um, things that I, you know, I've done with young people that I have couched, coached, I'm sorry, over the years is basic questions. So why are you applying for this position? Tell us about your qualifications. Why are you interested in working for the town, the company, McDonald's, whatever? And what subjects do you like in school and why? So those are some questions to think about that might come up in the interview and you want to be able to have questions prepared ahead of time if you can. And then one thing that I love when I'm interviewing anybody of any age group, but particularly with younger people, is if they have questions for me. So a lot of times when you're at the end of the interview, the interviewer will ask, do you have any questions for me? And I love when people come back with, what qualifications are you looking for? You know, I see the company has grown, you know, 50% in three years. You know, do you anticipate continued growth? Uh, when do you anticipate a decision to be made for this position? Things that I recommend that young people don't ask right off the bat is how many days do I get off? <laughs> how many breaks do I get? Is lunch a full hour and can I leave early on Fridays? I don't recommend those questions come right out of the gate. Sure. And again, is, is with the application and the resume, you want to follow up. But again, don't be a pest. So send a thank you email for the opportunity to be interviewed, you know, the same day or maybe the next day after your interview. But don't be a pest. And again, don't have your parents follow up for you. These are some really great points. Um, and uh, Dee has um, graciously offered, if there's an interest uh, in the next two weeks before our job fair of a workshop um, where Dee would actually talk about, obviously, everything she's talked about today, but maybe even do some of those mock interviews and mock applications, uh, I need you to contact the youth center. Ask for me or Demi. Um, if we have a fair amount of group that want to, we're going to set up a space here. We'll work it around Dee's time and we'll give you a little more education. One of our big pushes here is we are trying to give more workshops to our teenagers in a variety of areas. And this obviously is the, the journey to employment. And I think this would be great as you head out to that job fair. Dee, as we're winding down the podcast, let me ask you, um, you've bulleted by bulleted different things that you've talked about here. Um, the final word, so to speak, what, what, what do you want our kids and parents to know about this process that you've just laid out for them? What do they really need to take it to that final level of 
getting the, the courage and to attend, uh, to interview, and put their best foot forward to sell themselves? I would say the attention to detail in the resume is, is key and the application and doing a cover letter. I am so impressed when I get cover letters from you know younger people who've taken the time to write and, and really like Rick, you had said, say why you're interested in the position. That's really important. And again, to look the part when you go to job fairs, when you go to interviews, you know, put your best foot forward, look presentable. Um, and really just take the time to think about what you've done and really sell yourself. And I know some people have a hard time putting down their accomplishments. Again, they feel like it's bragging or it's boasting. It's not. It's really highlighting for the potential employer what sets you apart from others. And that is critical because if you don't tell me what's special about you, I'm not going to know because I don't know you. So that's your opportunity to really put down on paper why you are the best person for whatever position that you want to go for. That's just a great advice. Um, I, we have this month, we're going to be honoring our youth of the year, Sydney Pensavalli. And I go back three years ago when Sydney did not get a summer job. Um, she was a little bit young and obviously they're very, it's very tough to get a job when you're only in the ninth grade. And Sydney made an attempt to, uh, first of all, call me on the phone. Then she showed up in my office probably two or three times and very appropriately said, I really want this job. I know I didn't get a job, but if something opens up, I would love to be considered. And I remember sitting with Demi saying like, how do we not hire this girl at some point in time? Because she really wants this job. And uh, the next year she applied and, and we were able to get her a job and She's been one of our best workers for a number of years. Um, I got an email from a guy, that a young man who's applied for a summer job here. Very appropriate email. Would love to sit down and talk to me about the job. And uh, we're meeting next week. I'm, I'm open to that. I, I want to see what this guy has to say. And, uh, and uh, I'm sure he's going to really tell me why he should get a job. And those things don't hurt as an employer is what I'm saying. Would you agree with that, Dee? I would absolutely agree. And back to what you said about the uh, workshop, you know, I would love to host the workshop. I think it's really important. And even if young people already have a resume that they're working with, you know, I'd be more than happy to take a look at it because above all, and the most important thing is it's free. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to thank you, Dee, for coming on the podcast. This was very informative for uh, not just our kids, but our parents and other people. Uh, folks, if you have not met Dee, uh, she is around a lot. You'll see her at public meetings. She is our assistant town manager, and uh, it's been great working for her and with her the last couple of months. I think she's going to do some great work here, but her door is always open. Uh, she describes herself as a people person. Andrew Miller described her as a people person, and I can confirm she is definitely a people person. So thank you again for coming on, Dee. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Um, just wanted to let people know our next podcast will be next week, and we're bringing back a, uh, a giant of, of historical perspective in Peter Breen. Uh, Peter Breen was instrumental in the building of the Youth Center, and we're actually going to revisit history and talk about the years 1993 to 2000 where the concept of building a youth center came up and the seven-year period of building it and con obviously constructing it and the ideas and then we opened up on July 20th 2000 so Pete's going to come in with his historical perspective 
This is going to lead into that in the year 2022, we are looking to do some expansion at the youth center. So I think it'll be good for people who drive by this building and said, geez, how the heck did it ever get here? Um, because it was a real work in progress. So Pete will be with us on that. Um, and again, thank you for all the great feedback we are getting. Keep, keep it coming. Uh, we've got some great new ideas to touch on a lot of different areas. And as we finish every podcast, we always say too much passion is not enough passion.